0: Okay, good morning. So, today is Wednesday, uh, February already, February 3rd in Taiwan. This is episode 4, discussion of apotheosis, transfiguration, and uh, the zhenren, which uh, is, we're going to be the focus for today's class. Uh, Last time, we went through discussion of St. Savas of Vatopaidi who um, lived between 12 about 1283 1349 so uh 700 years ago or so as an example of an eastern orthodox uh, monastic in the, Roman, in the in the catholic you know eastern orthodox catholic tradition who <clears throat> was uh in favor of the hesychastic practices of the eastern orthodox uh, which are associated with uh, preparing oneself for uh, transfiguration or contact with, well, you can say, divine light or God's light or Christ light, uh, <clears throat> very much like a contact with intelligent affinity, uh, associated with the experience of apotheosis. So uh, the, apo- uh, the hesychastic practices that the Eastern Orthodox do <clears throat> which are very much about intensive prayer and ascetic practices uh, to prepare one uh, for experiences of uh, selflessness and non-duality and divine blessing, which in an Eastern or in the raw material view is a uh, contact with intelligent infinity <clears throat> or an experience of uh, access to intelligent energy, very much associated with six or seven chakras. And uh, it's framed in the context of the Catholic theology being uh, Christ-light or God-the-Father-light or making man divine. It's divinizing. Uh, Metaphysically, we can say that this is, uh, you know, a, a... the result of intensive practice um that prepares the the being uh for a greater contact with source that is transformative transfiguring and i looked into the etymology of the word figure (laughs) Uh, it actually relates to shaping and molding um a figure etymologically, goes back to a shaped or molded form. And so, um, human being uh, in the Christian cosmology, cosmogenesis as uh, God shaping the dust and the dirt into the form of man, physical uh, form with limbs and head and torso, uh, shaping, molding uh, matter, into a, uh, vehicle, into a form, a figure that is, uh, suitable for soul evolution. And that's man made in the, in the likeness of God, that kind of thing. Uh, <clears throat> we'll see some more of that sort of, um, work upon the work of the ardent spiritual seeker, uh, to refigure himself, herself. Self-refiguring. Uh, self-transfiguration as a term for spiritual path. Uh, as apotheotic whether or not we uh, think of uh, God as a father or Yeshua uh, as the Christ light or the one and only son of God. The, those Those doctrines are not um central in my view to an ex a, a trans uh ecstatic non-dual experience of divine light or grace or blessing that's associated with with joy and um profound meaning and value and this is very much like contact with intelligent affinity if not the same so every tradition uses different terms uh for similar or what is uh, nearly the same uh uh, spiritual transformative experience and then they all have their doctrines which uh, they use which which ultimately are the context for interpretation but beyond uh interpretation (laughs) there is some kind of raw experience uh of um seven chakra transformation and so uh last time talking about the um ascetic work practice of saint Savas, and how uh <clears throat> he, he was blessed therefore uh, thereby with multiple apotheotic experiences and uh transfigurations and died at the age of 66 pretty young actually And same as Nityananda, died in the mid-60s. And so there's the type of great master who lives 120 years, and there's the type of great master that dies in the 50s, 60s, 70s, and there's the type of great poet like Keats who dies young in the 30s. And so longevity and greatness are not always uh, tied together. And then when we transfer this... um, <clears throat> the discussion of the Western interpretation of transfiguration or of contact with intelligent affinity to an Eastern view, uh, the view or the the doctrines that I'd like to look into that will uh, put a put a ribbon on or uh, serve to integrate uh, the discussion so far. Is the Wikipedia page on the zhenran. <clears throat> and I want to read it pretty straight through, and um, you know, I, uh, it's just sort of like uh, Heraclitian uh, praxis of uh, those that seek, uh, those that seek gold must dig up a lot of dirt. Those that seek wisdom, uh, you wisely seek far and wide, hither and yon. And truth can be found uh, anywhere, everywhere, the whole universe (laughs) or all phenomena uh, proclaims certain truths with a capital T. Uh, And wisdom as a conceptualization of uh, ineffable reality or reality that's essentially beyond concept or prior to concept, like the transfiguration experience. Uh, There there are people (laughs) in all different mystic traditions that have a similar type of experience interpreted kind of differently. And so, uh, whether regardless of the doctrinal context for interpretation, there is, there are moments of, uh, seven chakra reflashing, like reflashing your bios in the computer. It's a great term to reflash the bios. Um, this is, it is very much (laughs) contact with intelligent infinity, Uh, uh, apotheotic experience uh, transfiguration of mind and being by light whether or not there's a visual light component doesn't matter actually as far as I can tell as far as I know Uh, this is all a reflashing of the seven chakra system and in the Chinese zhenren Uh, We see, uh, I I would say, uh, a term originally and then through the centuries in China uh, used to define the type of person who achieves uh, any one of those partial and then ultimately complete and perfect transfigurations, divinizations, deifications, which is to... um, to to return to source it's just the path of return and there are moments of non-dual transformation uh, that are um, independent of the interpretations that come later but the being the person emerges from them with a permanently upgraded seven chakra system permanently in some case Uh, freed of certain lower triad blockage, permanently um, uh, able to enjoy the greater spaciousness and peace and harmony of mind, tranquility, you know, shamatha, (laughs) uh, tranquility, equanimity, upekka, uh, loving kindness, metta, uh, wisdom, clarity, prajna, all the different terms from Buddhism and Hinduism and um, other mystic traditions of higher chakra activation that um, remains stable. A stabilized higher chakra development, balance, coordination and um, permanent uh, freedom from some lower triad blockage meaning certain tendencies that are harmful to self and other. So the genren is the type of person, I- is a term... For the, the spiritual seeker. So let me read the page. So from Wikipedia, from top down, Zhenren, Z H E N R E N, two words. Uh, literally, true or genuine person, or true or genuine man. But man doesn't mean male, man <laughs> means human. And that's another matter. Some people are stuck with this view that if I say man, like postman, It means post-male. No, not necessarily. A spokesman, uh, chairman. We have to say person. Well, you can say man if you understand that male man is human, the race of human, which includes genders of male-female. Some people don't like that. (laughs) Some people think that's fine. Whatever. So, genren, literally, true or genuine person, or man, is a Chinese term that first appeared in Zhuangzi, meaning Zhuangzi, meaning Taoist, Taoist as Taoist spiritual master. Okay, well, that's how some people interpreted it. Roughly translatable as perfected person or perfected man. You see, today they don't want to say man. But in all the previous centuries, it was man. Including male, female. Religious Taoism, mythologized Zhenren. So you've got the Zhuangzi. Okay, I'll just read Religious Taoism, which is not the same as Zhuangzi, which is philosophical Taoism, religious Taoism mythologized Zhenren to rank above Xi'an, a transcendent or immortal one, in the celestial hierarchy, while Chinese Buddhism, Chan, used it to translate Arhat, or Enlightened One. And the term would be equivalent to Adam Kadmon in um, Kabbalah, perhaps. I'm not sure about that, actually. It's the perfected being or the being seeking perfection, but it's generally the, the the one who's completed. Is that a Buddha? Is that an Arhat? Well, again, everybody has different views. Linguistics. The common word zhen, the first portion of the word zhen, true, real, authentic, is linguistically unusual. It was originally written with an ideogram, one of the rarest types in Chinese character classification, depicting spiritual transformation. Ah, so it's Spiritual transformation man or person. It originated in Taoist Tao Te Ching. Okay, so that's before Zhang And does not appear in early Confucian classics. Mm -hmm. So it started with philosophical Taoism. It went on to religious Taoism. It went on to be used by Chinese Chan. And um, also later Confucian usage. Characters. The archaic, and you'd have to look at the page to see the difference between the archaic character and the reduction, reduced character. They're quite different and they're very interesting. The archaic Chinese character was reduced into another character, which is the traditional Chinese character, simplified Chinese character, and Japanese kanji. And uh, the modern character appears to derive from wu, stool, like a seat, under zhi, straight, but the ancient, and that's what's more interesting to me, the ancient character, which looks like a a seat with two legs, the wu, or stool, with a um, box, (laughs) uh, which looks like the person, uh, a well-organized rectangle with uh, two lines within it uh, sitting on the seat supported by a two-leg stool with above the box, actually, and separate from the box, a, um, another kind of um, L-shaped character with, a pro- with two projections going uh, her- uh, diagonally up to right, upright, from lower left up right. Uh, on the upper L-shaped, very small L-shaped figure or uh, line above the box, which is seated on an L itself, which is supported by two legs like a stool. So you've got some kind of ascensional, ascending uh, micro character, (laughs) little character or, or portion of the character above the box, looking like an l where the uh, the the end of that horizontal L line ascends up uh, horizontal uh, diagonal left up left upper right, and uh, within that L, starting from the the vertical portion, the straight down uh, portion of that L, the vertical, there's another line that's also ascending diagonally le- uh, lower left upper right, so two. Uh, ascensional type um, upwards uh, diagonal, diagonally uh, placed lines in that upper L above the box sitting on the L shaped couch supported by the two uh, two legs like insane, like a stool so the modern character appears to derive from wu stool under J straight but the ancient has hua a reduced variant of something else. Upside-down person. Transformation at the top. So above the box is this hua, um, which can mean many things in Chinese. Depends on the tone and this and that in the writing. But um, is literally upside-down person. Transformation at the top. Rather than shi ten. And so the old character, <laughs> its humans are just 3D humans. Uh, they're kind of a hopeless bunch. They stumble upon profundity and then keep on going. and um, Because they're, they're, they're commonly people are very much involved in uh, personal self-assertion. And so personal self-assertion doesn't go well with uh, sitting quietly at the feet of great beings, listening uh, because they know a hell of a lot more than I do, and compared to them I have a long way to go. Uh, that perspective doesn't go well with self-assertion and um self uh, trumpeting uh, which is of the so-called ego or of the lower triad blockage sense of self so the antiquated this antiquated jin the original writing of the first portion of the term jinren the antiquated jin derives from seal script characters really old 3rd 4th century BCE right so <laughs> between uh, Laozi, Zhuangzi, and Yeshua about 2300 years ago. It's tentatively identified in earlier bronzeware script this is where you get really old stuff uh, with another with that Hua character over Ding cooking vessel and you'll see in the Yi Jing discussion of the bronze cooking vessels Uh, that's when you get the real old Chinese characters. They were inscribed on cooking vessels, they were inscribed on tortoise shells for divination. Uh, The old divination method in China associated with the basis of the I Ching, before there were yarrow stalks thrown, before there were coins tossed, was putting a heated rod on a tortoise shell and analyzing the uh, meaning or the direction, interpreting the um, fault line's cracks in the tortoise shell after application of the heated rod. (laughs) That's old stuff. So, tentatively identified in earlier bronzeware script with the Hua over Ding cooking vessel, tripod, cauldron, and unidentified in the earliest Oracle bone script. That bone means turtle tortoise bone. animal bones or turtle plastrons used in pyromantic divination Eh? from the late second millennium B.C. So now we're talking about 3,000 years plus, the earliest known form of Chinese writing, one of the earliest known forms of writing in in recorded history, post-Atlantean recorded history. So uh, from Oracle bones we get to bronze wear script or on eventually to it. This is still 2300 plus years ago. <clears throat> that Zhen comes from back then. Going on. Shu Shen, this fellow. Shu Shen's Shu Wen jizhi, jizil, My Chinese is not good enough. 122 CE, common era, so 1800 years ago. The first Chinese dictionary of characters 1800 years ago, so, um, <laughs> they have a kind of a long historical culture, gives <clears throat> small seal script and ancient text forms of jun, noting origins in Taoism already, meaning several hundred years before that 122 CE, uh, dictionary, it defines that character jun, the old writing of jun, as a Xi'an, a Xi'an. Taoist transcendental, transcendental or immortal, transforming shape and ascending into heaven. So ascension is transformational. Transformation is ascensional or of the the upward spiraling light. And that's the nature of light, upward spiraling. That's kundalini, uh, prana from root to crown, Shiva Shakti or Shakti up to Shiva. And that's the difference between using catalyst for soul evolution and not. When one uses catalyst for soul evolution to fashion, love, light, distilled, experience, out of catalyst, right? Learning from your life, life learning, life lessons. One is um, in harmony with an upward spiraling light. Ascensional self-transformation. Otherwise, one's going in circles and stays on the plane. The rain in Spain stays mainly on the plane. The rain of 3D repeaters, RAIN and REIGN of 3D repeaters, stays mainly in the 3D plane. Yes, indeed. So, the rain, (laughs) the rainy rain, (coughs) the long-term raining, REIGN rulership of 3D rain, Uh, without ascensional seeking, stays mainly on the 3D plane. Okay. And so, uh, backing up, so, the first Chinese Dictionary of Characters defines the old character Zhen as a xian, Taoist transcendent. It's a Taoist transcendental or immortal, meaning a, a, a completed being transforming shape and ascending into heaven and you can see it in the characters uh, two diagonal up, uh, diagonal lower left, upper right directed lines and interprets Zhen as an ideogram with Hua, upside down person and then I E-Y-E and then conceal representing Xian plus these other two, the, like the little stool legs representing conveyance you have to look at the character. I may actually use it, or have used it by the time you hear this, as the image of the talk today, fourth stage uh, apotheosis now. Uh, but you can see. <clears throat> so you've got beautiful Chinese. I had a I had a close friend who uh, was a Chinese philologist from age fifteen or fourteen or twelve, and um, in Manhattan, son of a famous. Uh, art history emeritus professor at Columbia University. He was into Chinese philology at age 12 or 15 from my school. Good guy. Solid <laughs> solid mind. So finally I've gotten back to him. <laughs> Interesting. And find uh, the beauty of Chinese philology, history of character and language and word development. Uh, so the Xi'an... This is uh, this dictionary's interpretation of the meaning of the word based on analysis of the um, subsections of the calligraphy of the character. So a Taoist immortal transforming shape, ascending into heaven, whereby at the top we have upside down person above a character, the the rectangle for eye, seeing. And the L, which looks like a couch or a seat, also meaning concealed, uh, plus a conveyance. So a seated or um, in movement, a mobile, uh, concealed eye, upside-down person, hidden, hidden vision, or seeing the hidden, a mobile, upside-down person transpersonal, spiritual-seeking person and up a, a mobile or motile or uh, freely moving upside-down person seeing the hidden. Dun-run. How's that? Not bad, I think. Conceal eye can be um, the eye seeing what's hidden or focused on the hidden. It can also be the Uh, His vision is hidden, but uh, upside down person, I would say, here links to seeing the hidden, uh, freely acting, free, a freely, a free agent, upside down person uh, with uh, vision and uh, seeking uh, focused upon the hidden and the inner. And um, that which is the metaf- the, and the metaphysical ultimately. So Coyle's interpretation, uh, the etymological component suggesting transforming to a higher level of character, thus genuineness, that's one of the words for gen- is genuineness in Western translation, is to be conceived, according to him, as fundamentally transformational, that is, as an ongoing process of change. As Wang Bi, and this is another interpreter on the Jing and um, Confucian classics, Wang Bi, 226, 249 CE, right? So, <laughs> the middle of the 3rd century, commentary on Yi and that's what my friend was into this, actually. He was reading Wang Bi in the original Chinese when he was 15 years old. As Wang Bi's commentary to the Yi Jing suggests, Zhen is in constant mutation. Right. By envisioning a new image, it appears with Zhen, the writers of Lao and Zhuangzi wanted to distinguish their teaching from others. <clears throat> Actually, the old character is great, but, you know, everybody wants to change, so uh, maybe that's the case, maybe not. Transforming to a higher level of character. Uh, continual seeking continual transformation, ascensional, ascending, upward spiraling, seeking a higher and higher level. Um, Nityananda said every moment is a test so that we can go higher. Higher what? Higher means expanded consciousness. Expanded consciousness means more free, means less dukkha, more sukha, less pain, more ease. It doesn't necessarily mean more desires fulfilled. It certainly means less desires arising. It doesn't necessarily mean better. It it can certainly come out um, as better and better. Every day in every way, I'm getting better and better. That's the goal. Yeah, sure. That's the goal. Those affirmatory or affirmational approaches, I think, are commonly uh, avoidant or spiritual bypassing. I can say every day I get better and better in every way. But that doesn't make it happen. And that may indeed avoid some deep pain I'm carrying in my heart or my body or patterns uh, of behavior or thought and belief that are distorted or harmful. Those have to be uh, considered too, not just uh, parroting uh, endlessly a phrase for real 7 chakra transformation. But we can see that even in the roots of the character, and this is why I chose this term jenren to cap or integrate the discussion starting with uh, yeshua's apotheosis and transfiguration on mount tabor and saint savas as an example of the hesychastic practitioners from the eastern orthodox church that put to practice and um, realized what transfiguring divine light experience is all about Um, and they paid a great cost they basically dropped the sensual and dropped the social, and um, did massive vairagya renunciation, um, and and were received, um, and received uh, the higher, because they he, St. Savas, so fully renounced the lower. And so he could be seen as an upside-down person. Upside-down person doesn't mean obviously walking on his head, or confused. Man, that's all upside-down. Is Certainly a statement of problematic. So uh, that's all upside down means what should be at the below isn't below and what should be above is not. uh, It's a disordering. But uh, the the jenren is a reordered, is a reordering, is, is a term for the being who's perfected him herself by reordering, by placing the inner, by valuing the inner more than the outer. Like Saint Savas, by valuing the higher more than the lower, it doesn't mean uh, rejecting the lower fully um, uh, reflexively. It means putting the putting one's values into an eternal, uh, into into the context of eternity. <clears throat> that fulfillment of personal desires in this lifetime brings a certain happiness and well-being. Yes, indeed sensual desire, sensual pleasure, um, relational, familial, family joy, family happiness, social, financial, um, all of that brings some happiness, no doubt. And you are an eternal soul or being that will reincarnate until you're finished with seven chakra evolution. <laughs> now, in that context, um, one should be a little more careful. And if you seek <clears throat> the higher transformation, uh, there is some Vairagya renunciation of the lower needed. And, that is akin to being upside down. And I will explain that a little bit more later, uh, but it's a very interesting phrase, <laughs> upside down person uh, seeing the hidden. So, let me keep reading. Don Yukai's Shaowen Commentary, 1815 CE, much much later, <clears throat> confirms that Jun originally depicted a Taoist zhenren, meaning the sage immortal, and was semantically extended to mean cheng, sincere, honest, true, actual, real, all qualities of heart, heart, mind, union, by the way. The zhen is very much associated with um, crystallized, the, the mind of crystallized healer, the mind of the being working from sixth chakra and above, the mind of higher self and above, the mind of the seeker um, of union, the law of one, uh, as attainment of unified sense of self, not the end of the path, but certainly involves a high development of love and wisdom, of kindness, harmlessness, and sensitivity, care, and wisdom, discernment, clarity, spaciousness of mind, and right values. Right values means the values that persist for eternity, rather than the values that are of uh, achievement, accomplishment, pleasure, well-being, only of a lifetime. Universal, uh, eternal values, which are those that you can take with you. (laughs) That's one rule of thumb. They say, you can't take it with you. Sure, much of, of what we seek in this lifetime and may well achieve and find some happiness, we cannot take with us. Certainly, Most, you know, material gain and social position and even many relationships can't be taken with us or they won't be the same on the other side. But you take your mind with you. You take your seven chakra system with you. You take your evolving karmic stream with you. Whether or not there's a solid, substantial self, that doesn't matter. There's no solid, substantial, separative self we know. But there's a karmic stream and that's the basis of reincarnation. And that you take with you. And that is the you you take beyond this lifetime. So, uh, and, and the goal of, of full love uh, wisdom balance, which is yin and yang, which is receiving and giving, which is um, being and doing, which is thinking and feeling, which is uh, balancing of the needs of self and other, which is very much about knowing clearly, um, wisely, determine the basis of skillful service, upaya. Uh, And that's, to me, what what the Chinese ideal is all about, is the humane person, man, the humane man. So let me just say, I I like to use the word man, maybe because I'm a male, but I don't see it, uh, and I'm using it not... To disparage female gender, but only to be more inclusive, I think it's a it's capital M, <laughs> not small m, not personal Scott or male. It's the family of man, the race of man, the human, the state of human being. And so the true man or being, because a a, a male a male is not a male, and a female is not a female. It's just gender of body of a certain lifetime, and it has its basis in higher self imbalance in love wisdom <laughs> <clears throat> but higher self is the true transgender of course <laughs> and so uh i don't mind using the word man but the humane man the 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 humanity humaneness benevolence the gene- the gentleman according to 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 according to Gongzi confucius the gentleman what Lin Shi said, the true man without rank, very much about higher self. The um, the, the, the sincere, heart-centered mind um, is very much um, embodied in the term jenren. So <clears throat> uh, this Shaowen commentary explains the ideographic components. Right, so we're talking about components of the ideogram overall. In the Taoist Qi'an terms, one of them, the what looks like a little L at the top with two lower left to upper right ascending diagonal little lines. Xion, uh, hua, that top means change or transformation. The middle character for eyes or vision. And then the lower L, which could be a seat or the basis for eyes being conceal or invisibility. And it notes three traditional Xi'an conveyances into the heavens (laughs) at the bottom. And so it's a freely conveyed uh, being uh, with either hidden eyes or eyes focused upon the hidden and the subtle um, in continual change and transformation. That's the one that gets apotheosis. That's the result of apotheosis. That's what's the basis of apotheosis. Uh, Everything is done by God, the logos, the creator. Sure, you can say, but not everything, not the same things happen to everybody. (laughs) Oh, and so God does this and God does that, says Catholic theology, East and West, or Roman Catholic and Eastern Orthodox. God does this and God does that. Uh, God does grace and God does transfiguration you know mm, apotheotic light dispensation, sure, but some get it and some don't. Why, because of that person, <laughs> of course. And so, grace is of source, but uh, those that receive grace uh, have made themselves receptive by hard work, by uh, this pers- very much this perspective of the Jenren. So, there's the junren as the one who's finished, there's a the Jenren as the one seeking to, you know, complete the work, the magnum opus, uh, give back what's been given, return to source, uh, return prodigal son to the home. So the Junren as the evolving spiritual seeker, and the jinren as the perfected immortal who's finished with all the work of seeking. But the attitude is um, deeply responsible. <laughs> Everything that happens to me, I made. Whatever I get, I, I deserve it. Whatever it is, I deserve it. Because I made it, or I co-created it, or I set the causes and, condi- and, and conditions. Which can even mean, you know, I read about some disaster on the other side of the world. I didn't make it happen, but I made it that it's now in my field of awareness and thus impacts me as catalyst. And whatever reactions I have to it, I made that too. By particularly the decision of coming to live in this world. So the Zhenren, as both the completed sage and the evolving spiritual seeker or a person who's centered in love wisdom, um, whether they're seated or eternally conveyed along a path, um, their eyes seek to see the invisible and they are somewhat hidden. And their um, highest aspect is a commitment to high, a continual change and transformation. Then Duan, uh, the one who wrote the commentary, differentiates two semantic sets of words written with jen, with that jun phonetic element, and the different radicals. The, the components are called radicals. The first words basically mean tongshi, real, solid, substantial, to substantiate, to fill out, or strengthen. And then there's a whole long list of words here. Uh, first words that mean real, solid, substantial, to fill up or to strengthen. And the second actually mean crown of the head or top tip, summit, prop up or to fall down. So top of the head is associated <laughs> with fall down. Uh, you, you only lose when you got a lot to lose. And the most those that lose the most had the most. Those at the top have the most to lose. And a falling down... Um, is most characterized by uh, a being elevated prior so yeah, all very interesting so up at the top <laughs> tip top summit can also be translated as fall down strange so these are anyway two sets of words associated with analysis philological analysis of the radicals of the ancient gen- term jenren and then its, it's reduced form it's just a different character of genren, and you can look at those if you care. But um, this idea of being real—the upside-down spiritual seeker—is the real one. Seeks the real. Seeks to be free of Maya, right? Seeks to be free of illusion. Seeks to be free of understanding limited by limited perception, limited understanding born of imperfect perception, uh, which gives rise to somewhat distorted conception and thus distorted experience and belief. So there's a cycle, we can say, as I said before, perception, conception, experience, belief. We believe what we experience, which itself is a conceptualization of perception. The raw perception, we can only conceive, I had this long talk with my friend, a client uh, in the Middle East, <laughs> about uh, the nature of the cycle of perception to conception to interpretation and belief. Uh, our experience, there's experience prior to conception. That's the raw perceptual experience. Then there's the experience that comes after conceptualization or with samskara, right? Fashioning, for, fashioning fabrication, skanda, sankhara, samskara, conceptualization add-on narrative right we, we if you if you if you're enraged and you stop thinking are you still enraged uh well you're going you're not enraged no you are certainly in what could be called a distorted sensory body mind experience but you can't quite be. Ca- if you don't think i'm enraged you're not enraged but there is a problem <laughs> there is an issue there is a disturbance out of equanimity. Clearly, it's particularly sensory, or at least so my conceptual view says, because it's all conception, right? Is the body outside the mind, or is the mind? Uh, does the mind include the body? Is there anything outside the mind? Um, is the mind even real? Is interpretation a conception? Uh, eternal, abiding, substantial, indestructible, um, true, true, and and valid, or not? It's all relative. Relative to what? Relative to conception. And conception comes after something we can conceive as perception or raw experience. There's a phrase that I either dreamt it or I was told it or I found it in the raw material or it found it somewhere else. Uh, now I can't find it. Something like the fact of all experience is timeless. That's, uh, but the act of knowing occurs in time and space. So, in that hypothesized cycle, um, perception, conception, experience, belief, there are other ways to do it, of course, Uh, the first perception is what I would, would, what's in that phrase is the fact of all experience. The fact of experience is prior to conception, and that's a conception. That there is an experience happening here. Now, really, it's all a dream. So, <laughs> from a higher view, there's never been an octave. There's never been a creation. It's all a dream in the mind of Intelligent Infinity. It's all dream. Well, yeah, but if I have some pain in my body, it seems pretty real and I better do something about it. So, okay. That's called the two truths, relative, absolute. But this notion of the fact of all experience is timeless the act of knowing, which is moving that raw perception prior to conception into conception, and therefore into the formulation of my experience, which then gives rise to our beliefs about me and my experience and the world and good and bad or proper or improper or what I desire and my preferences, uh, is occurring in time and space. So time and space is born of the conceptual overlay upon the fact of experience that is timeless is one way to say <laughs> that there are two truths and the second the the relative comes out of the absolute and the absolute is is transconceptual, and that's <clears throat> what Gautama said um even perce- even consciousness subjective consciousness is born of ignorance or avidya and at the end there's no arising of perception or consciousness for the one that's free of all the Vidya. No arising of perception or consciousness. That's the real Janran. Way beyond. <laughs> um, balanced love wisdom. But seven chakra perfection. And that's another meaning. Chong, the, the real. The real is in this case. Tat. Same as in, in Advaita Vedanta. So the absolute truth. Also could be called Tat or Sat. Tat like Tathagata. Or Tatva. Meaning such. Thusness, thus or such, or as it is. Tatagata for Gautama, the one, the such come one, the thus come one, the one who just is. So, Tathata, as suchness, as it isness, thusness, as reality beyond, prior to, independent of any act of knowing, which occurs by perception and, concep- and conception and, and uh, subjective consciousness. So beyond perception and conception and subjective consciousness, there's no longer act of knowing. There's omniscience. (laughs) Omniscience is I am totality and all is known. And there's no more I even, obviously. And so that's the real, (laughs) that's Tat. that's sat, sat sat-chit, the ananda of sat-chit, sat-chit-ananda, that's the real. The real is the fact, uh, the nature of reality or reality that stands independent of our relative truth um, naming, nama, based in distorted, limited seven chakra, You know, seven chakras have to be transcended too, you know. The one that lives in sat or tat or tat, suchness, thusness, as it isness, reality, the deathless, is free of perception. Free of of conception, free of subjective consciousness, is um, at one in totality with universal, boundless awareness. until back to going back to intelligent infinity, of course. And the Junren is the one that goes that way, and um, a you know somewhat poetic term for the one who's achieved that. Although I think, there, uh, we can explain it more today than two thousand years ago. Or at least I'm trying. Going down the page to etymology. Let me just save time. Going down the page to etymology. I think this is beautiful. I hope you like it. The modern Chinese, the modern standard Chinese pronunciation of zhen, zhen, or is true or real. True is a love-wisdom blend. There's no true wisdom without love. And um, there's no perfection of love without um, honest uh, percept, honest assessment of, of reality. Reconstructed Middle Chinese and Old Chinese pronunciations include some other one, Tin, from Bernard Kahlgren, a very famous important person in Chinese philology. My friend was studying Carlgren in high school. Mm-hmm. And then some Japanese fellow, Todo, envisions that the original upside-down Zhenren ideograph pictured a sacrificial victim. <laughs> you see? The Japanese thinking, right? Sacrificial victim falling into a burial pit, being filled in. Mm-hmm. And the Giza pyramid is a Death Star weapon, according to some. So humans, if they can turn things upside down, they will. Um, it's Murphy's Law, I guess. So that fellow believed that Jin Ren was associated with being killed and thrown into a pit and buried. Okie dokie. And that's why the Taoists used it. hmm They turned it around. And then some other fellow uh, uses other interpretations. So, the section on semantics, the root word of Zhenren as Zhen, is again true or real, factual, genuine, authentic, actual, really, truly, indeed. Which has a special Taoist meaning of a person's true, original, undamaged character. Right? The uncarved block. Um, Nityananda said that something like uh, an infant before the age of six months um, is in some kind of um, non-dual, perfected mind awareness state, but can't identify it or or use mind. And that's akin to uh, the uncarved block in Taoism being authentic. The the ultimate sincerity uh, without artifice, and that very much goes into the term Wu Wei. Wu Wei, no action, really means no interfering, artificial interruption. It's very much understood in the negative, not the positive. What's uh, manifesting the true, original, undamaged, unmanipulated uh, true nature, uh, one's own self-nature, Swabhava, uh, comes as the result of practicing Non-interference, non-interruption, non-manipulation, commitment to honesty, commitment to being true uh, and in accord with with, um, phenomena as they are as much as we can. That's um, sincerity. And that's the basis of the true man, the jinren, no doubt. So then... We have all sorts of um, meanings in order of historical development, and it just kept going on and on and on, <laughs> even to the point where one of them, number eight, is um, a meaning of jun that means body, <laughs> body as the true man, as true. So there's jun and zhen ren. Ren is, again, man, with a capital M, or person, or being. Uh, which is a seeker, <laughs> uh, a developing seven-chakra mind-body-spirit complex, you can say. And jun is the key um, component uh, to define the, the nature of such a person. But to say that jun correlates to body is uh, very distorted, and that's what happens over time. Going on, um, the zheng as true or real, originally occurs three times in Tao Te Ching, uh, 4th, 3rd century BCE, so in the period between the Great Ones in the uh, about 500 years BCE, the Great Ones, Heraclitus and Gautama um, and Confucius and Lao Tzu. Uh, in Dao De Ching, Jin occurs three times where Coil, an old, uh, I think he's an older writer, said, quote, It's employed as a special term, zhen, to contrast with the transitoriness and superficiality of, quote, man-made formalities. In this novel approach, quote, genuineness, or zhen, is not understood as any sort of unchanging reality, but rather has to do with change and cultivation. The first time we encounter zhen in the inner chapters in Zhuangzi is in context of the flux and interrelatedness of life and death, where genuineness, is something ever-present, yet without any apprehensible fixed identity. So, it's holding fast to green-blue, holding fast to love-wisdom, holding fast to um, the high valuation of balance, um, kind heart, um, kind-heartedness, or true, uh, sincere-mindedness, sincere-mindedness, uh, I want to know the truth. I want to speak the truth as much as I can. I want to be kind to me and you. I don't want to do harm to me and you. Um, I want to see what I need to see. I do want to see the hidden. Because what is easy to see, we all see. What is more important commonly, not always, but commonly what's most important is, not, is what's not easy to see, what's hidden. And that goes on, 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 on. That's why there's reincarnation. Seeing the hidden. And so, um, as a special term from Coyle's approach, it's the contrast with transitoriness, but that doesn't mean that it's fixed and static. It's a contrast with superficiality, uh, which means there's a depth to it, um, but it's not rigidly holding at some level only. So, transitoriness and superficiality, it contrasts with that, and the transitoriness and superficiality of, quote, man-made formalities, uh, holding to universal values, uh, putting human values rightly in a subordinate place to universal values. Universal values are those on the positive path for us, which is basically green-blue indigo. <laughs> Uh, particularly. And so when we talk about the lower triad, we have chakras one, two, three. When we talk about the contrast, we have the upper four green, blue, indigo, and violet, or crown chakra, chakras four, five, six, seven. We can also say the upper four goes to an upper three. So we can say there's a lower triad and an upper triad. That upper triad is green, blue, indigo, chakras four, five, six. That's what's upside down. Uh, rather than remaining hidden actually the lower is met with the higher the world of 1, 2, 3 is met with the consciousness of 4, 5, 6 that's the upside down man and so man, those that follow the way of the human the cultural the transitory the um, that which you cannot take with you <laughs> meet the lower with the lower They meet the world of uh, the third density space time with chakras one two three. (laughs) They meet. That's the difference between the common and the common one and the seeker. The common one meets the third density space time with the lower triad. The spiritual seeker increasingly seeks to know how to well meet third density space time with the higher three, with the upper triad: green, blue, indigo. Meeting the lower with the higher is the upside-down man. What is upside is now down as the means by which the seeker, the zhenran, meets 3D space-time catalyst. And that is way beyond uh, man-made formalities and artifice. And that's the great sincerity. Meeting the 3D outer with the eternal inner meeting the physical with the metaphysical, like Ross saying, the physical and the metaphysical are inseparable, Um, learning how to demonstrate, learning over time by continued ascending, ascensional seeking, Uh, learning how to demonstrate, how to live in the truth that the metaphysical is inseparable from the physical, the physical and the metaphysical are inseparable, Living that is the upside down Dunran, <laughs> who meets the lower with the higher and meets uh, the world of the lower chakras with the world and consciousness of the higher upper triad, green blue indigo. So, then uh, there's an eternity or an ever-present nas to the jen. The real is not transitory. Um, The absolute um, is imminent within the relative. It's the true nature of the relative. It's also much more abiding and durable than the relative. The relative here, (laughs) the world of the lower triad, is third density space-time, even third density time-space, particularly. But uh, third density space-time, the world of the lower triad Uh, is, is all that we can't take with us (laughs) and, um, it's, um, meeting the lower with the lower, meeting the, the world of the lower triad with only the lower triad, one stays circling, meeting the lower triad or the world of the lower triad, the world of space time, 3d space time dimensionality with the upper triad, green, blue, indigo, being an upside down man or a zhenren, uh one is not circling, one is upward spiraling. Ba-boom. And so upward spiraling versus planar circling. Planar, P-L-A-N-A-R, is of a plane, like a dimension, circling round and round. Uh, and that's the, the common lot of 3D repeating, is uh, circling round and round on the plane where the 3D rain stays mainly, <laughs> the reign of the lower triad, R-E-I-G-N, stays mainly on the 3D plane uh, and is circling or looping or goes round and round. And the alternative is upward spiraling. And that's the um, ever-seeking perspective that makes a jinren or a person upside down. And uh, not common to the world. And that's very, that's even shown in the cosmological terminology that Gautama gave to this, what we call the seven dimensions. The tree loka, uh, rupa loka, arupa, well, it's kamaloka, arupa loka, uh, kama kamaloka, rupa loka, arupa loka. Kama means desire or longing or lust or craving, comes out of craving. Uh, rupa means form or uh, somewhat abiding. Uh, and a means formless or non-abiding or insubstantial uh, uh, evanescent even. Uh, these this is a tree, threefold division of what Ra calls the seven densities, very much in so associated with the threefold division of body mind spirit, very much associated with the lower triad, the higher two or three, and then, um, the crown, the head chakras, six, seven. So you can say that Kamaloka is the world of third density, physical and non-physical, you know, space, time, and time, space, astral. Rupa Loka is particularly fourth and fifth density, or fourth and fifth and even up to higher self. And Arupa Loka, formless R- Loka, or, um, super insubstantial or subtle is 6.6 uh, 6 and 7th density <clears throat> or just 7th density whatever but uh, formless uh, the, 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 the formless realms clearly is 7th density how much of 6th density could be called formless I don't know but uh, you can say that as light is a form Ross said we become light and they're just in 6.6 6 or so or 6.7 um most of sixth density would be cons- could be considered upper 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 rupaloka. <clears throat> seventh density clearly is A-Rupa Loka. and perhaps six point seven the end of sixth density is also the beginning of A-Rupa Loka. But the two of those three Loka, Rupa and Arupa, fourth and fifth and sixth and seventh density are named by their the quality of the substance of dimensional uh, light rupa or arupa form or un, or formless which really means uh, subtle <laughs> subtle enduring or subtle insubstantial formless while third density or the lower of the t- the third of the three loka or the first if we're going up, is Kamaloka, desire, associated with human mind. And so Kamaloka is thusly named Kama, not on the basis of the nature of the light, but on the nature of that particular density, you know, the metaphysics of that density. But the metaphysics or the spiritual nature of the minds of those in their density being filled with desire, meaning us, meaning it's so impermanent and so insubstantial and so disintegrative or transitory or unstable here uh, the the nature of this density of light is so unstable that the mind uh, of those that are uh, only working from the lower triad or a third density native or us <laughs> when we're stuck is continually craving hungering grasping longing and desiring it's just the way it goes And so, beings in Kamaloka are eternally hungry, desiring. Beings in uh, higher densities or of the upper triad or the upper quadrant uh, are moved into transpersonal, non-personal, impersonal quality of light and consciousness. So, consciousness is particularly personal here. Consciousness is particularly transpersonal, in the higher four densities, it's a big difference, and the genren is the one who um, seeks seeks the consciousness of the higher densities or the <clears throat> the manifestation of their true nature, or which is called total perfection, or which is all a total perfection, um, even though they're down here on the ground, and so there's a freedom from. There is a distance, a the renunciation of the way of of continual desiring, to seek to be in harmony with universal principles of reality, which really um, are personally anchored by green, blue, indigo, the upper triad. And to know, I mean, if you really want to know what that's all about, do a hard, long study. What is green ray consciousness? What is blue ray consciousness? What is indigo ray consciousness? Know them well, and you'll know the um, uh, the nature of the ascension uh, of the spiritual seeker and their finding. So, going on, and I will end very soon, I'll just close this last section here that began with etymology. Uh, it says, one of these three Jin usages describes Dao or Wei, and the other two describe the de, integrity or virtue, or power, spiritual power, Dao De, right? There's Dao, the Wei, there's Dao De, which is the integrity or virtue or power of the Wei. The greatness, rightness, power of Dao is De, So, one of them, there are three usages, interestingly, in in Dao De Jing. Um, One of them uh, pertains to Dao, and the other one, and two others pertain to De. Uh, And here are some of the quotes with antiquated uh, translations. How cavernous and dark, yet within it there is an essence. Its essence is quite real. Within it, there are tokens. Old translations are weird. Next, The greatest whiteness seems grimy. Ample integrity seems insufficient. Robust integrity seems apathetic. Plain truth seems sullied. Next. Cultivated in the person, integrity is true. Cultivated in the family, integrity is ample. Cultivated in the village, integrity lasts long. Integrity is the... And you can really say that they're uh, synonymous or com- comparable. The terms jin uh, and the and integrity, and jin uh, and dao. And so, this is what dao Te Ching 21:41:54. Let me see if I can get this for you. Twenty-one, forty-one, fifty-four. <laughs> All right. Uh, da de ching. Twenty-one. Translated uh, by Arthur Whaley. Such is the scope of the all-pervading the, that it alone can act through the Tao. For the Tao is a thing impalpable, incommensurable, can't be measured, commensurable, incommensurable, incommensurable, impalpable, yet latent in it are forms, impalpable, incommensurable, yet within it are entities, shadowy it is and dim, yet within it there is a force, in I, is nonetheless efficacious. From the times of old till now, its charge has not departed, but cheers onward the many warriors, or Zhenren. How do I know that the many warriors are so? Through this, through this Dao or Dao De. Uh, Dao De Ching 41, also translated by Whaley. When the man of highest capacities hears Dao, he does his best to put it into practice. When the man of middling capacity hears thou, he is in two minds about it. When the man of low capacity hears thou, he laughs loudly at it. <laughs> if he did not laugh, it would not be worth the name of thou. Therefore, the proverb has it: quote, the way out into the light often looks dark; the way that goes ahead often looks as if it went back; the way that is least hilly often looks as if it went up and down. The du that really is loftiest, looks like an abyss. What is sheerest white seems blurred. The de that is most sufficing power, looks inadequate. The power, or the that stands firmest looks flimsy. What is in its natural pure state looks faded. The largest square has no corners. The greatest vessel takes the longest to finish. Great music has the faintest notes. The great form is without shape. For Tao is hidden and nameless. Yet Tao alone supports all things and brings them to fulfillment. And Whaley 54, a little close today's class. What Tao plants cannot be plucked. What Tao clasps cannot slip. By its virtue alone, could be the, Can one generation after another carry on the ancestral sacrifice? Apply it to yourself, and by its duh you will be freed from dross. Apply it to your household, and your household thereby shall have abundance. Apply it to the village, and the village will be made secure. Apply it to the kingdom, and the kingdom shall thereby be made to flourish. Apply it to an empire, and the empire shall thereby be extended. Therefore, just as through oneself one may contemplate oneself, capital O, so through the household one may contemplate the household, capital H, meaning the ideal. Through the actual personal um, time-space or space-time manifestation, we may contemplate the ideal of it. So, therefore, just as through oneself one may contemplate oneself, So through the household, one may contemplate the household. And through the village, one may contemplate the village. And through the kingdom, one may contemplate the kingdom. And through the empire, one may contemplate the empire. How do I know that the empire is thus, or is so? By this. Uh, By ta-ta-ta. By suchness. And so that's it for today. (laughs) Thank you, Arthur Whaley. Uh, Next time, I want to continue with the reading through of the Wikipedia page on Zhenren. Beautiful stuff. And, uh, I don't know, I I feel much closer affinity to this than to um, Eastern Orthodox or Western Roman Catholic. Catholic uh, theology or praxis or uh, philosophical, (laughs) the ontology teachings of what is being and soteriology or the path to salvation. But everybody's got their own thing. So in any case, I hope it was useful to you. I hope you're well. Stay warm in the winter. Take good care of yourselves. Thanks again. And good night.